Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Welcome, everyone, to Project Management Office Hours, the number one live project management radio show in the U.S., broadcasting to you from Phoenix Business Radio X studios in Tempe, Arizona. I'm your host, Joe Puzz, PMO Joe, and for the next hour, we'll be talking project management and EOS today with our special guests. Usually at this point of the show, I play a commercial from our sponsors, uh, Scott Payne at PM Master Prep, but Scott is actually going to be a guest with us today. So he won't be, we won't be playing the commercial because we actually have a full show of Scott. So uh, we're looking forward to hear from him shortly. And also thank you to our other sponsors, the PMO Squad. They are home of the Purpose Driven PMO, which empowers people to deliver results. Visit www.thepmosquad.com to learn more about all of their services and what they can help you with from a project management perspective. Just wanted to uh, acknowledge um, projectmanagement.com yesterday and PMI. I had a great opportunity to lead a presentation on a projectmanagement.com webinar yesterday. We talked about the purpose-driven PMO and received great feedback from guests from all over the world. Uh, So certainly thank you to all of those who attended. And lastly, also want to mention that Eric Wright and I, we're both founders, co-founders of VPMMA, the Veteran Project Manager Mentoring Alliance. We were invited to be speakers at International Project Management Day this year, uh, which will be coming up in November. Uh, So stay tuned for further information coming out on that and the IIL Uh, The International Institute for Learning puts that on each year, and that will be available on the IIL.com website. So with that, let's jump into our show. Very excited today. We have three guests with us, Scott Payne, Chris Spear, and Tom Westner. So thank you, everyone, for joining me. Thanks for having us. Good to be here. Yeah, thanks. So we're going to start with Scott. If you can take a moment, please uh, share a little bit about yourself and introduce yourself to the listeners. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate it. It's good to talk to Tom and Chris. What I am is uh, I am the creator of PM Master Prep, a sponsor of the show. And what we do, what our passion is, is we give organizations the ability to create like an army of great project managers by changing the way they teach and develop their project managers from the beginning and through their whole life cycle as a project manager. And uh, to be the most simple way to, to explain it is we killed boring PMP training in a sense and we bring it alive and engage people with a case story focused training experience. So that's what we do. We partner with companies and PMOs, help build their people, helps translate to the bottom line as a on the company. So that's what we're all about. That's awesome. Thanks so much for being with us. And also, uh, we're lucky because you are offering a 20% off discount to all of our show listeners out there if you use code PMO Joe out on the pmmasterprep.com website, you can get that discount. So thanks so much for offering that to all of the listeners. Scott, I really appreciate that. Not a problem. And Chris, if you can uh, introduce yourself. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Uh, My name is Chris Spear, and uh, I'm the owner and founder of a company called Traction Point. And uh, what Traction Point is about is I'm a, a coach for leadership teams of small and medium-sized businesses. So 
what's a little bit different about me in terms of being a coach is I coach the entire leadership team simultaneously to help ensure that uh, they all get on the same page about really strong uh, practices for running their business and ultimately with the objective of getting more of what they want out of their business. You know, I find that as small companies are growing, uh, things kind of change. And when we can install a common language and common tools and disciplines across the whole leadership team, things just go a lot better in the business. And uh, the leaders in those companies get, uh, get more of what they want from their business. That's a little bit about my, my company. Awesome. Thanks for, for being with us, Chris. And Chris and I go back, I guess, I don't know, close to a year or so, maybe now Chris invited me as the time he was president of the local Sim Arizona chapter. And he ended, invited me to be a board member within that organization, which is a great honor and privilege to have. So thank you for that, Chris. I appreciate it. And thanks for being on today. Yeah, thanks, Joe. And Tom Westner, thank you so much, Tom, for being here in studio with us. If you could take a moment, introduce yourself. Joe, it's great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. And Chris and Scott, it's great to be here with you as um, fellow teammates. Um, my business is called Traction Squared, similar by name to Chris's. My wife and I co-founded Traction Squared two and a half years ago and based around our passion of helping people in entrepreneurial leadership teams fundamentally get more of what they want out of their business. And the tools and disciplines that we use to help them get more out of their business are based on the principles of what we'll call EOS, entrepreneurial operating system that's described in a variety of books like Traction, Get a Grip, Rocket Fuel. And we have found, what combined over 50, 60 years of operational experience that EOS encompasses all the right ingredients to really help entrepreneurial leadership teams get more of what they want out of their business. And our passion and purpose is making that happen. That's awesome. I love to hear the story. So thanks so much, uh, Tom, for being on as well. Uh, so let's get into it, right? Let, so, Scott, question for you really to start us off here is you alluded to this during your introduction that your approach for PMP training is different than uh, we'll call them traditional training programs. How did you get that going and, and what is that approach? So we got it going based off of need, I guess. So uh, we ran a consulting company, still do, where we do Lean Six Sigma and project management consulting. And we had a big contract come through with the government that said, you need to get to be PMP certain number. And so we went through the process. I threw my hat in and said, I'll do it. I was on the road, like, you know, road warrior style, 48 weeks a year types. And this would be a great opportunity for me to come home, get this job, be able to spend some time with my family for once. Uh, we got this contract. And uh, about, not to overstate things, about nine minutes into an online PMP course, I realized I was in like a world of hurt. It wasn't, you know, it was boring. It was long, all these things. Then when I went to the PMBOK, which is kind of the Bible for PMP, uh, you know, it's great, but it's uh, overwhelmed me with information. So stressed for a couple minutes and then figured out like, well, let's break it like we do everything else in a positive way. So reinvigorated it and kind of taught myself to, to master the PMP and pass the exam with a case story approach. It just made things makes sense in the flow of a real project. So uh, once we passed the, once I passed the exam and did really well, uh, we started to take that uh, experience and, you know, give it to organizations and teach them. And it kind of just developed from there. And 
it's all about understanding things, why things happen from a holistic perspective, how things link together, and following a real-life case story through that people can relate to. So that's how we got into the game, I would say. It's awesome. And, and to your point, right at the center of the, the PMP is the, you know, air quotes here, Bible for that, the PMBOK. Chris, the, uh, you know, using air quotes here again, the Bible for EOS is traction, right? So can you share a little bit about traction and and what that's about? Yeah, absolutely. You know, kind of an interesting story behind that one is the first time I saw traction was on the desk of a an associate of mine and uh, i was doing some consulting work and i went to go visit uh this friend of mine who i had worked with at a former company and i've always done a lot of reading throughout my career and i saw this book traction on her desk and i asked about it and uh, she said oh yeah it's great we've uh started implementing eos in our business and it's really making a big difference and so of course, I grabbed the book and I read it. And, uh, you know, I would summarize it by saying that uh, traction is not full of a bunch of new theory or ideas. But what I really found in it that uh, was exciting and actually changed the course of my career was, uh, you know, through all the reading that I've done through many, many years and gotten tons of great ideas uh, from authors and business leaders in the books that I've read, I found that they all kind of came together and that the book Traction has this model and framework where, you know, any any other author or book that I've read before in the past uh, kind of connects to this framework. It's almost like a backbone. And so, you know, I'm a fan of, well, all kinds of books, but when traction starts uh, uh, talking about vision, you know, there's uh, a lot of great things from authors about uh, how to create a vision in your company. And I, f- I find that the the way that traction just kind of pulls it all together is, uh, well, what really occurred to me is that as I was doing consulting, uh, companies weren't getting traction. And I, as I discovered in this book, I figured if uh, if a company could really use the tools and the disciplines that are presented in traction, uh, they'd be able to get a lot more done. And uh, and so that that's how I how I learned about traction. And that's a little bit about what's inside of the book traction. And Tom, obviously, as a fellow EOS implementer, you're centered on and when I say fellow, I don't mean with me, I mean with yeah. Chris, of course. What are your thoughts on traction that you can share as well? Well, I, I jump back, Joe, to the early beginnings for my wife and I. We both started with uh, startups, entrepreneurial companies, moved quickly through medium-sized companies and large corporations. And we've held a variety of different positions from software engineering to project management, program management, and then uh, basically operation strategy. We have found that over the years, there are just a really fundamental set of tools and disciplines that successful businesses use. And what we found in the last three years is those are really well captured and articulated in the book, Traction. As Chris said, they're not um, silver bullets, magic pills. They're tried and tested business operating system models, tools, and disciplines that we have seen implemented time and time again in successful businesses. 
part of our passion is taking those two that model, the tools and disciplines that are described in traction and helping small business owners that may not be familiar with those that model, the tools and disciplines, discover them and apply them with a coaching overlay that helps them move forward more quickly than they would on their own, implementing the model, the tools and disciplines to get the successful results that they're looking for as fast as they can. Yeah, and I, I think what I find interesting, so maybe some people out there are saying, hey, why do we have two EOS implementers on a project management radio show? And to me, the connection is very obvious, right? You're helping organizations uh, to set up how to operate and deliver and be successful. And that's what we do with project management. So to me, the connection is great. And, and even on the side here, Right, Tom and Chris and I are kind of noodling on some ideas of how we can integrate things between our companies more uh, because there is such a close connection to that. There's a very great connection, Joe, as you point out. Yeah, Joe, I think, uh, you know, what comes up for me when we're talking about that is, as the name of the book would kind of hint, uh, it's about getting traction. And so you want to get traction on a project and make a project go, but I think what I find in the entrepreneurial operating system model is all the things that surround that, you know, in order to go and do a great project, you got to have a good foundation of just good business and good communication amongst uh, business leaders and all the people in the team. And so what I find that Traction and EOS does really well is kind of put the, uh, the foundational uh, infrastructure. And, you know, that's why it's called an operating system. It's like, if you can have a good operating system, then you can run other, uh, software on it. And so, you know, kind of using that metaphor a little bit with entrepreneurial operating system, giving you a great foundation of how to, uh, find and keep great people in your company and how to use data to run your business rather than egos and emotions, and how to deal with issues that come up and resolve them so you don't have to solve them again next week. And, you know, how to understand what your best and most important processes are for delivering value to your customers. All of those things kind of surrounding good project management uh, really help the business to to get traction and uh, and really go and achieve extraordinary things. Just, just for our listeners, this is Tom here with Very Good Points, Chris. Uh, Traction is a name that's kind of unique to EOS as a, a basically a model, a program. You can substitute execution in for Traction, as you can imagine. Executing really well in a business requires that you have a very strong component, which is a process component. Underneath that process component is project management a very necessary ingredient. So the way I think of it is project management is more at a macro level. EOS sits kind of at the top, which is at the macro level, sorry. And um, really project management is more at the macro level, but they seem together really well and complement each other, both directions. And, and of course, which helps on the execution side of that, because you eventually we come down to people and people mm-hmm. still need to be able to execute. And Scott, the PMP certainly doesn't guarantee that a project manager is going to be successful and that they're going to be a good PM, (laughs) but it helps them understand the language and culture of project management and the profession we're in. 
what, what do you find out there that companies benefit the most from through your PMP training? Yeah, uh, good question. And I really, Chris and, and Tom, I wanted to talk a little bit about your method in a second because it's. Uh, I think it, I want to see how you guys have used it. I think it would be really, really valuable to a lot of these organizations that kind of we work with and the entrepreneur spirit in, in putting that system in there. But what we found the most that helps our organizations is getting that solid foundation of terms and practices that everybody is using the same kind of things and they understand why we're doing them. So they're setting this strong foundation. And then we can start layering on more sophisticated processes and methods that are customized to the individual companies. So having the same foundation that everybody goes through and kind of a rite of passage in a sense, in a positive way, have we found it be very helpful. And traditionally, like there's been a commoditization, if you will, of project management training over the years as it's proliferated. And with that commoditization, they've lost kind of like inspiration in a sense. So there's not a lot of passion in it. It's very rote in a sense. And so what we're trying to do is invigorate those people to say, hey, let's really understand that our jobs matter. These are the fundamental you know, stepping stones that we can use to build great leaders. And by doing that and getting them excited about that and seeing how it all relates with a case story, then they're set up and bought in so that we can layer on more sophisticated techniques. And so I can see like going into like an EOS model after that would be, I think, really effective, potentially. Kind of cool. And I'm wondering with the the case stories that you mentioned, that approach, I love that approach because it's it's practical, right? It's real life. And, and EOS, again, is similar to that because you're dealing with real life scenarios. Are these case studies uh, unique to PM Master Prep or, or are they unique to each company that you're working with? How do you come up with the case stories? Uh, they're unique because I wrote them myself. Uh, so like what it is, it's one complete case story that like takes them. So a lot of business books and follow kind of an, a novel arc, if you will. You know, you have all these books like the goal or other things that put you, they teach you theory of constraints or these other techniques, but they don't just come out and say, here's the equation and doing those things. Like people learn a lot better, whether we talked about these are the books for the, the Bible of our different areas. Well, if you think about the real Bible, like it teaches by stories and parables and these things. So what I've done is as I was teaching myself, I said like this process, there's 49 processes in the PMP. What's a scenario that I could understand? And so I kind of just made up a story, this guy named John, I work with a guy named John and I had him doing something and he's a young project manager and he gets thrown into a tough spot. And so then I, you know, that helped me conceptualize things. And as I started to go through the framework of the PMP, I started to say, well, what would John do, do next? What mistakes could John have made? And I wrote that little vignette, a little one pager that kind of added on to the story. And literally, like while I was writing it, uh, I would go to another section of the PMP, learn it. And I'd say, I mean, I said this in my own mind. I'd be like, I'm interested to see what John does next. Because I would go there and I'd try to like say, well, what has he done up to this point? What mistakes could he make? What positive things could he make? And then what happened is it all strings together and it kind of guides the learner through this kind of arc that follows the, the hero's journey where he does well, he gets, you know, prideful, he falls, he gets a, you know, a Yoda or Obi-Wan Kenobi kind of mentor, and then he brings himself back up through the fire. And so it's been really helpful to kind of teach in that way so that people can say, oh, this is real life and I can, I can use this in real life. So that's how the case story comes together. That's great to have that perspective and background, right? Because you can put, you can insert yourself into each of those different uh, 
role or plays or roles within the play, right? That's good stuff. It brings up, you know, in the EOS world, we've got uh, the similar case of a story arc. And there's a book that really kind of parallels the book Traction. And Traction really lays out all the tools and disciplines in in great detail. But there's a book that's called Get a Grip. And uh, it kind of follows a storyline of, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of the same idea that Scott was just talking about, about a business leader who is facing challenges and problems in the business. And he gets introduced to his uh, Jedi, you know, master who's an EOS implementer who is helping him to implement tools and disciplines and going going through the story of how it really makes a big change uh, in his business. So I think there's another similarity is we find that, that uh, those scenarios or the case study is really a great way to learn uh, and understand how the EOS tools help uh, help a business to change and grow and and achieve what they're trying to do. And Scott and Chris, uh, you point out two very good things. Chris, I think, uh, or Scott, you started with the fact that they have a foundation of understanding of what you want to achieve and how you're going to achieve it with the tools or disciplines, whether that's project management tools and disciplines, or let's say business management tools and disciplines. And oftentimes those kind of descriptors resonate with a certain type of individual, whereas other people resonate more with the story or the parable. Uh, parable. And both, uh, in the case of like you, Scott, sounds like you've got those as well. And Chris, as you point out, the EOS, the book set, the library of EOS tools provides both. And the combination is really powerful, both providing the structure, the discipline for those that are a little more analytical, and then those that resonate with a story, especially when you start to get to senior level people. Uh, the story tends to resonate a lot and gets a lot of people's attention and clarity. That's awesome. And, and, you know, what you mentioned, uh, and to get to senior level, that makes me think, you know, pre-show, we were talking about topics and how EOS and project management are connected. And I thought leadership is is really an integral part to both disciplines. And and, and I know all of us on this call are leaders of our own companies, right? We and, and Chris and Tom, you've both been leaders in companies prior to starting your own. If you can share a little, Tom, on just what it's been like to be a leader within an organization, but then to come out now and be a founder and help other leaders, other entrepreneurs grow their business. What's that like? Yeah, I would say, uh, looking at it in reverse, it's like eating your own dog food. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, again, my origin was in startups, being a founder and, uh, owner of a couple small software companies. And, you know, just found that, um, always missing an ingredient. And I was young and just cutting my teeth, didn't really know how to run a business really well found that I was always missing some necessary ingredient, whether it was clarity on the vision, a scorecard, uh, project management process, and just never really achieving uh, the golden ring. From there, I went to a medium-sized company called Tektronics at the time, a 3,000-person company that had all these ingredients in place, operating system and tools and disciplines that were described in U.S. and an excellent project management system I would say was the center of that business, delivering a pipeline of product and services from requirements to production to field delivery. It was the benchmark model for me and seeing how that was done by an international, fairly large, aggressively growing organization. It was key to the growth 
uh, I would say taking that and fast forwarding that to starting up my own business is you can get lost in thinking that is only works in large, complicated organizations. But if you boil the key ingredients down, as EOS and project management do, the same tools and disciplines apply to a personal run business. I mean, you as a person running your personal business or your household, you need a vision of where you want to go, right? You need to make sure you have the right people in the right seats. You've got a scorecard for how you're managing your home finances or your business finances, uh, all the way to, you know, you have issues coming up on a daily basis. How are you identifying those symptoms, tackling those at the root? And what kind of processes are important to run your business? You know, the six to seven, not 27. And then executing every day consistent with your vision and plan. I'd say it directly relates to running my own business as well as coaching other business owners and how to run their businesses. Directly applicable invaluable. And honestly, having now run that course, I I'm, I'm, don't know how businesses run without having some of that structure and process in place. Nice. And Chris, I know you, know, you shared your background and story with me as well, somewhat similar to Tom's, but a little bit different. And the, the roads lead to a common EOS, but what's your background as a leader and, and how does that help you with your business and your clients that you work with? Yeah, well, you know, for me, my real leadership journey started when myself and a partner decided to start a software company. And uh, we'd both been working at a software company. And uh, long story short, we, you know, went and bought a card table and some computers with our uh, credit cards and started off on this journey. And, you know, so I learned about leadership in in growing a company. The The short story on this one is that uh, two and a half years after we started that company, we were at a dozen employees and uh, we had a, about a $2 million revenue uh, for the business and we got acquired. So, you know, I, I learned a lot about leading and growing uh, that business and learned a lot by reading good books along the way. You know, so I was being led by guys like uh, Jim Collins and uh, you know, he had a great book called Built to Last back in the day, and uh, that was kind of foundational for me, understanding the power of core values in a business and uh, creating a culture in a business. And, you know, that was definitely a part of what uh, enabled the growth of that company. But after getting acquired, then I, I went to work at the company that acquired us, a bigger software company. And spent about the next uh, 15, 18 years in bigger companies. And what I found myself hungry for was leadership from leaders in those companies. I'd go to these meetings and I would see uh, the CEO of the company stand up and kind of uh, give a dry speech about where we were. And I was looking, I was looking for inspiration. You know, now here at this end of my journey, uh, I've kind of discovered uh, what, what I think is a good model for leadership. And, and, and for me, it's about, I like the saying that any problem that you face is a leadership problem. That may sound a little bit cliche, but when you think about it, uh, you know, we all have to lead through problems. I know that I, I kind of been rambling a little bit here, but let me help. <laughs> I'll tell you the uh, just the five elements of kind of my mind 
map or my leadership model that I think through. And, you know, basically core values are at the center. Setting the vision is a key component of good leadership. I think multiplying people, you know, when you're growing a team, a good leader is looking for ways to grow and help the people on their team. And a good leader should also be leading change and innovating. And uh, finally, a good leader has got to lead the team to deliver good results. So, you know, with that kind of background, when I'm facing a problem, I can think of those five things, you know, is this a core values problem or a vision problem? Or am I not multiplying my people? Are we not innovating? Have we lost sight of the results that we're trying to deliver? And when I can unpack it with that model, uh, I always find that uh, there's something that I can take responsibility for as a leader to do better, to go and uh, make things happen in a better way. Chris, you, uh, you mind if I jump in, Joe? No, go ahead. Uh, oh, Chris and Tom, I was going to say, like, I love what you guys are talking about. And I think I can resonate with what you were saying, Chris, about like seeing a leader and not being at a big company and not being inspired by their vision and stuff. Like, what is the normal engagement like when you you have a company that comes to you and says, hey, we know we have a problem. We want you guys to help us solve it. What is the engagement? Do you start with the top and you coach the executive or how does it work usually? Yeah, I'll, take a, I'll take a shot at that. Uh, well, as you point out, for our ideal clients, one, the leader or the leadership team really need to be ready for change. Um, lots of leadership teams want change, but don't necessarily want to change themselves. So a necessary, necessary ingredient for us for engagement is a leadership team that not only wants change, but is willing to change. That means they're open, honest, and vulnerable that they may be the opportunity as well as their staff. They listen to each other and they're open to the possibility of doing things differently versus the definition of insanity, wanting different results and doing the same thing over and over again. So what we often do when we engage at the top, and I would say is with the founder, the leader, they need to invite us in, be open to this possibility of change, which may include themselves. We bring the leadership team together. You could call it a C-level staff suite or the decision, primary decision makers in the organization. And we sit around the table and we discuss what their goals and vision are for the future. What are their priorities? What are the things that are limiting them from achieving their goals and aspirations and basically identifying the opportunities and then relating the tools, the model, the tools and disciplines of EOS and how it actually addresses those needs and can accelerate them forward? And I think Chris touched on a few dimensions of it, but that's where we start at the top. And then as we progress, we drive the the model, the tools, and disciplines down through the organization. We facilitate with the leadership team, and ultimately, it's the leadership team that's doing the heavy lifting and the work. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, some. What are some of the? I don't mean. To, can I do a follow up? Yeah. Uh, what are some of the ways that you guys evaluate success? So, like, you're you're getting them on this path, and you're helping them like establish their own kind of like uh, competencies and leading. So. What are some of the ways early on that you're evaluating or you're helping them evaluate their own success or their own ability to be better at what they're trying to do? How do you guys do that? Chris, you yeah, I'll take this one. I'll take, yeah, I'll take that one. All right. Uh, really early in the process, we asked them to assess uh, their strength, 
in kind of the core components of their business. So, uh, you know, we ask them, uh, we, we just ask them several questions. We actually do a little assessment up front and it's interesting. I was in a session, uh, with a company yesterday and, uh, they've been doing it with me for about four or five months. And I think that's another interesting thing about how we do it. Scott is, uh, you know, we, we don't kind of jump in a room and then do a seminar of, you know, hardcore for five right. days, five days in a row. It's kind of a uh, spread out over time learning process. So we get in a room with the leadership team and teach some foundational tools. And then 30 days later, we get back together and we work on their vision. Uh, but we don't get it all nailed down, even in a full day session. And so we come back 30 days later and work on their vision uh, some more. And basically through that whole process, they're, they're learning and starting to practice using the tools and the disciplines. And when we get together in session, uh, we're kind of measuring and assessing. Uh, we actually, you know, will attend meetings of these companies that we're helping to implement and audit, you know, I'll go in and assess uh, how are they, I, I've taught them how to really run a good meeting and I'll go sit in one of their meetings and just be a fly on the wall and then afterwards give them an assessment of, uh, you know, how they could make it better. So like a, like a real coach, but I mentioned a second ago, I was in a meeting uh, yesterday where, you know, we actually assessed our progress and I asked them to say, okay, you know, on a, on a percentage basis, think about where you were when we started and now think about where you're at after using tools and disciplines over the last uh, 90, 120 days, what has been the change in your percentage? And so we actually measure along the way what, whether there are practices in the area of their vision and people and the way that they're using data and scorecards and measurables in the business are uh, are getting stronger. That ultimately is our objective, is uh, to help businesses to strengthen the things that they should be doing, because when they're strong in all the different components of their business, then there are no cracks in the armor for issues to uh, to come up and distract them or to take them down. That's really good. It seems like you're bringing a lot of awareness to them in the sense that like you're having them constantly assess themselves. And I'm sure their their understanding of their limitations and strengths evolves over time. So I think that's really powerful. It's really cool. And, and Scott, I think you captured it right. With EOS, it's a journey. It's uh, approximately a two-year journey of maturation of the leadership team. And it's really all about strengthening six key components of the business where the root cause of most of the issues for a business lie. Chris has touched on those six key components and those six key components are really like a vision component, which is right. You know, everyone heading the right, the same direction, uh, people component, having the right people, right seats, data component, operating your business really off data, facts and figures versus subjective opinions, getting really good at solving issues. And as was said earlier, really having good processes in place. So everybody's working on the most important work, doing it the right way, the best way every time, and really executing as a really healthy, fun-loving team. Everybody enjoys coming to work because executing every day is going so well. And we measure progress in those six key components. We strive to reach 100% strong, but 
realistically, we shoot for 80%. It's a little more practical. I want to jump in and just add one thing real quick, and that is, uh, you know, why, do, why does a leader want to have a strong business in the first place? And another thing that we talk about is uh, what we call the EOS life. And this is something that really resonated for me when I found EOS is uh, because I've been a small business owner and I've been working for, you know, 25 years in different size companies. And, uh, you know, these are the things that all of us want. And basically what the EOS life consists of is being able to do what you love with the people that you love and uh, be making a difference in your market and be well compensated Mm -hmm. and finally have time to do something else besides go to work, you know, (laughs) uh, pursue other passions. And uh, so, you know, part of what we teach is that when you're running your business well, uh, that kind of a life where you can do what you want and you're working with people that you love to work with and you're making a difference in the world and in the marketplace and you're being well compensated and you can go do do other things and pursue other passions. You know, that's what small business is about is, uh, and that's why I'm passionate about it is I'm, I'm passionate about entrepreneurs innovating and creating things and, and executing well in the world because I, I think that's what makes people happy. And that's what's going to change the world is uh, great companies innovating and executing well on the projects that they're undertaking to uh, to make a difference in the world. Yeah, that's really good. I think something that often gets overlooked because it's just not really publicized is 98% of the companies in America have 20 employees or fewer. Mm-hmm. And when you think about that and let that set in a little bit, that's a pretty amazing statistic, right? Mm-hmm. And something like EOS is a tool or, or even project management and delivery are tools and skill sets that can help those businesses with small number of employees be successful to get the EOS type life that Chris was just talking about. So okay. really powerful stuff. And yeah, so- I, love, I love how you guys, you're making them internalize. Like what is this life that you're going toward? We use the same thing like in our training because a lot of our training, some people come and you can see when they walk through the door that they're they're here to check a box or their boss told them to come here. And so those are my favorite people to deal with because we start off and everybody thinks we're going to jump right into processes or something or here's your certification or blah, blah, blah. But in reality, we say like, hey, let's slow down for a second and like take a second, put that piece of paper in front of you. I want you to write down why you're here, like why you're here and what this is going to do for you. And so like, and we go through this a couple different times and I ask people to volunteer and we share. And so one of the cool things is some people will say, Hey, it's going to help me with my career and, you know, or get my boss off my back or whatever, make me a little bit better project manager. But once we like dive a little deeper about like really what, like with that life, you know, life you're talking about, like, no, 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 really, what is it going to help you with? Well, it's going to give me a stronger competency. So I feel better at work and I might be able to you know, be more confident in my meetings and I might be able to be able to help my customers more and we can make more money and, you know, I can get a good job and I can actually be, spend some time, you guys say the same thing, like spend some time with my family for once instead of spending all night chasing my, my stakeholders and, you know, fighting all the time. And so once we get down to that, we go like that, that is why we're here. We're not here to learn project management and me to up, you know, download all these facts to your brain. It's to like unleash you from the problems that you currently have. And I mean, I don't know if it was intended or not, but I think you guys and I, we're in the same business. Like, we are, yeah, definitely. Uh, 
And I think, bad. I think Scott, to, you know, to, you're touching on uh, something that really makes my heart beat faster. And that's just, uh, you know, what really empowers abundance. And uh, I think, uh, you know, when I'm working with companies, we talk a lot about core values and core focus. And, you know, when you kind of talk about those topics, it's, it's really hard to kind of get at the heart of it. But core focus is about what, what brings meaning to your business. And what I'm getting at here is the idea that, uh, oh, we, we talk a lot about millennials in, uh, in the workplace today and what are millennials looking for and, you know, what, what are millennials doing in the workplace and are, are millennials easy to work with or hard to work with? Kind of the idea I want to bring up here is that, well, millennials are like anybody else, uh, but probably with a more punctuated uh, desire to have meaning in their work. And uh, that's what I think is amazing about, you know, when you can say why, you know, what's this going to do for me when I uh, work on my PMP and, you know, from an EOS standpoint, why do I want to make my business stronger? You know, you want to make your business stronger so that you can have not just a business, but so that you can have a cause. Uh, you know, people want to engage in a cause. When I said a minute ago that, uh, you know, I was always hungry for my CEO to get me inspired. I think it was uh, that that was missing is uh, I wanted to be a part of something that was bigger than me. And uh, when a company gets really clear on what their core focus is, that that's when they've created a cause that people can join uh, rather than just, uh, hey, we make good stuff and you can get a paycheck here. Right. Just want to jump and, in, really resonating with the points that you're making. And um, Chris and Scott is uh, we're all in the same business and that's having a passion around helping business leaders and business leadership teams get more of what they want out of their business. Secondarily, more of what they want out of life. And what you we all three have experienced and many of you listeners is it's not always clear what path to take, um, especially for an entrepreneur that has started up their business and their innovation and creativity and the randomness of their discussion has gotten them to the size of 10 or 20 people and they're rocking it. And those tools and disciplines have been the reason for their success, but they're also working many hours and they're working really hard and not necessarily achieving the outside life that they want with, with a growing family or philanthropy. And what we're all about is helping them do both. It's a balance of both. It's putting those tools and disciplines in place so they can run a more efficient business. They can elevate themselves to higher levels of opportunity. As you said, Chris and Scott, chase their passion. It might be their entrepreneurial passion. Well, they build a leadership team in place that's really operating and executing really well. And then giving also out of that efficiency the time to have the life that they want to live outside work. Because we all know at our age, not everything is about work. It's about living the life you want to live. Yeah, that makes me think, right? We are at the root of everything. We're still people, right? Yeah. And and if we're not doing what we enjoy or what we have passion for, it becomes a job as opposed to a career, Right. Uh, but on that same line, let's let's talk about being people, right? Chris, you're a avid bicyclist, right? What's how does uh, being out on the road on two wheels uh, help you with your business? 
<laughs> well, yeah, I, I love riding a bike, and so I I ride with a group, and I'm up uh, two or three or four days a week uh, going for a ride. And you know, when I spend that many hours in the saddle on my bike, and I'm thinking about challenges at work, I start to find uh, similarities between riding a bike and uh, being at work. And uh, you know, I think. Well, here's a little bit of a story. I uh, decided I was going to do a 200-mile bike race. And uh, I'd done 100-mile ones before, but never 200. And so I decided, you know, of course, I was going to have to train differently for this 200-mile race. And uh, so I hired a coach. And uh, I really learned a lot through that experience because uh, this coach had – been a team doctor for a pro uh, bicycle racing team. He brought me into his lab and uh, got my bike set up on the rollers. And, you know, and then he put me under stress and uh, he was measuring my heart rate and he was sampling my blood. And uh, long story short, you know, he kind of helped me understand a baseline of where I was at. And then he gave me a training regimen you know interval training and endurance training and at the end of the story you know he ultimately made it so that i could go further with uh, more strength you know i could have a higher heart rate without getting acid in my muscles and uh, i i find that it's kind of like that in uh, in business sometimes we got to turn to uh, a coach or somebody who has got perspective to uh, to guide us, you know, help us figure out some interval training to uh, go and make ourselves stronger so that we can do better in the race. You know, that's what I found from that experience is through that that time, you know, I learned how to do my hydration and electrolytes and my fueling better and just had a great experience in a a race that I never thought that I was going to be able to do before. I, th- I think it's a lot like that in business, you know, when we, when we can learn from others and getting to the people aspect of it, you know, it's all about connecting and finding our way by, uh, by working with, uh, with other people, you know, whether that's a guide who's coaching me in uh, how to be a better bicycle rider or how to run my business better or networking in my community to just, you know, find a way to penetrate my mark, my market better. It's about, it's about connecting with other people. And having run five marathons and trained for them. And, you know, certainly you were moving faster than me on a bike than me <laughs> running, but I, I've had similar experience so I can relate to that. And Tom, you're on two wheels as well, except yours has a little more horsepower. What's, uh, what's one of your passions? Well, uh, Yes, I love riding motorcycles. Uh, mine's got an engine. It's a Harley, and I, I love the social aspect of riding on the open road and having freedom. I wouldn't have the lessons learned that Chris has explained from his uh, bike riding assessment, but I would say my lesson from riding Harleys, uh, my passion is open road, freedom, enjoying life, and having fun. And to me, to get to enjoy that aspect of life is having a business that's running efficiently and effectively, uh, running a life in balance. Work can be fun as well as chasing your passion outside work. 
So my passion is about helping business leaders and leadership teams run an efficient business. So one, they can have more fun in their business and have more fun out on the open road, chasing their passions, uh, hair blowing in the air. Yeah, I, I love that. And, you know, six and a half years ago, I started the PMO squad and, and I've said I haven't worked a day since because I love what I'm doing and I'm just being me. So while people may call that work, to me, it, it's just passion, right? It's, it's something I enjoy. And Scott, I, I know you are, uh, maybe this is the foundation or the Kickstarter. You're thinking about getting a podcast going, right? So as you're participating today, this is, uh, how does it feel to be in the saddle and, and going through the podcast experience? Ah, it feels great. I like it. And uh, yeah, we are launching a podcast very, very soon. It's the uh, PMP Zam Success with Scott. That's me. Uh, so it'll be out there in a little while. And I'm sure I'll have Joe and possibly you know Chris and Tom on to, to talk about it. I think there's plenty to learn. So it, it's fun. This is fun, the, the, the podcast game. You know, one, I want to go back a little bit. Uh, Chris, you had mentioned books before and kind of how influential they've been with your experience. And we've been very fortunate on this show to have many of our guests come on and talk about the books they've written uh, or they've benefited from, Steve Fulmer and Belinda Goodrich, Dana Brownlee, Ruth Pierce, and, and so many more. I'm sure I'm missing many. But the way I view those is it's continuous learning, right? It's continuous improvement without having to go through the formal halls of a classroom to get that education. So how how are each of you kind of getting that experience from Maybe it's not reading for you, but some sort of outside influence to help continue your improvement. Yeah, I'll I'll jump in real quick on that. I think, uh, you know, reading for me has been facilitated by uh, by audiobooks. So, you know, I found myself several years ago getting my MBA. I had a little bit of a commute to my uh, classes and I, I was having a hard time keeping up with my reading. And so I discovered that I could listen to these books uh, that I had to read for the courses I was in uh, while I was driving. That was kind of the beginning of my relationship with Audible. And now, man, I'm I'm pounding through two or three books a month. And uh, just that experience has been really rich for me. And uh, what you were just referring to, Joe, just the continual learning. And I found that, you know, there have been several junctures in my life where books have uh, absolutely, you know, just me encountering a book has changed the course of my life. And uh, I mentioned before that Traction is one of those uh, books that made me decide what I'm going to do now. And, you know, one other book uh, that was really influential for me was uh, the book by Simon Sinek called Start With Why. You know, that that book basically says you got to understand what your purpose, cause or belief is. And uh, if you can go work in something that's uh, totally aligned with your personal purpose, cause, or belief, that that's a happy place to be. And, uh, you know, I found that my purpose, cause, or belief is a lot about small business and helping small business succeed. And uh, that that has had a real impact for me as well. But, you know, I, I love just uh, all the great stuff that we can, you know, basically when you think about it and you can pay you know, 15 bucks and get somebody else's life experience uh, kind of consolidated. What what an amazing uh, opportunity we have with uh, all the books that are out there to 
just really accelerate our uh, our experience in the world and learn and think uh, differently so we can go do great stuff. Yeah, I, I got to follow on to that as well. So, Tom, like the book part has been great for me as well. I love the audible aspect that you're focusing on. Like our my evolution over the past year has all been on like or two years has been writing books. So I didn't know that I could be an author, but I wrote my PMP book while I was studying that distilled everything down with the case story and stuff. And then, you know, put it out in the market, got a lot of great feedback. And for us, learning has been interfacing with our customers and the other people and saying, you know, what resonated with you? What helped you uh, understand things better? And getting that feedback, uh, we were able to see different trends like, the way we explained this worked really well and this we could tighten up a little bit. So we're constantly diving back in there and tweaking the book over and over. And then I've written two more since that uh, that we're releasing now that are more focused on like actual problems where people said, hey, I love how you explained this. I still have a problem in this little area. You got anything for that? And so back to the laboratory and we, you know, I wrote more books focused on those individual problems. So and now really um, started to do the audio version so you might be able to listen to them on audible if you want to so we're gonna we're gonna right. upload them but uh but yeah it's been really really fun for us or for me to write the books i'd so say cool. in general this is tom that uh clearly we're all lifelong learners and i've read a series of books and joe as you mentioned earlier have just really enjoyed learning from other people's real life experiences challenges how they persevered, how they've overcome those challenges and applying them to myself and my personal life. And I think reading the books is great, but then applying them in a way that keeps you in balance as a leader. And part of this was about leadership. Keep in balance your spiritual, physical, emotional, um, life and liberty goals makes you a complete and balanced leader, just like a balanced scorecard for a business. So also then applying those learnings out of books from an attitudinal perspective, attitude is 90% producing your results. So unless you have the right attitude about making things happen, translating those learnings out of books into action, and finally action, taking action. So books are definitely great. Lifelong learner. I'm trying to read like a couple books every week. I use audio, put them on fast forward. It's a way I can get through books faster, 2X. But really mm -hmm. trying to drive that into application and action is where you really, the rubber meets the road and you really get the results. So that's, that's awesome to hear all of those experiences from each of you. And amazingly, we, uh, we're at the end of the show, right? We've come up on our hour here and I want to give each of you an opportunity to let our listeners know how they can get in contact with you after the show or maybe hit on something briefly that we haven't covered. So Scott, we'll start with you. Oh, thanks, Joe. Uh, yep. So uh, Scott Payne from PM Master Prep. And so what we want to do is any company that's out there, whether you run a PMO or you're a project manager or you're starting your career, we'd love to help you kind of build up your project management skills, uh, especially if you're uh, running an organization with a PMO. Uh, if you reach out to me personally, it's scott at pmmasterprep.com or go to pmmasterprep, the website. Uh, we'd love to help you reinvigorate your training program and kind of get more out of your project managers and help them succeed. So just reach out to us directly. We'd love to work with you personally, and uh, we're happy to hear from you. Great. And of course, thank you so much for your sponsorship of the show. We really appreciate that and the partnership that we've been able to build. 
as well as into our partnership with VPMMA that you guys have uh, stepped up to the plate and offered some training classes as well. So it's all very much appreciated. Thanks so much. Yes, sir. It's an honor. And uh, Chris, your opportunity here as well to let listeners know how to get in touch with you. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Uh, listeners could find uh, my contact information on my website. So my website is uh, traction point dot com tractionpoint.com and uh would invite anybody to uh, all of my contact information is there would be happy to have a phone call or look me up on linkedin you can find me on linkedin at christopher spear and uh i would love to just connect and if i can help you with uh any questions you have about the entrepreneurial system or entrepreneurial operating system or uh, any questions I might help you with for your business, uh, would be happy to connect and talk. Thanks so much, Chris. I really appreciate you having on today. And Tom? Yes, you can. Uh, well, first, Joe, thanks for having me on the show. And it was nice to join you, Chris and Scott. Great experience. You can reach me at Tom at Traction Square. That's all one word, tractionsquared.com. Also have a LinkedIn page. You can visit us at Traction Squared. And just love the opportunity. If you're really looking as a leader or a leadership team to get more out of your business, just give me a call. Give us a call. My wife and I are working this together. Uh, really, what we do transcends any vertical business. It's really generic across any type of business. I'd love to engage with you, answer your questions about EOS or how you could get more out of your business and tell you how we would engage next step if that's of interest to you. Looking forward to talking with you. Thanks so much, Tom. I really appreciate you being on. And certainly thank you to all our listeners actually uh, received an email during the show that we were just uh, awarded as the number six project management podcast out there. So what a great honor for us to get that designation. So I appreciate that to all our listeners. Also want to let everybody know our next show will be next week, Thursday, the 18th. We're going to have Jessica Kuhn from Make-A-Wish here in Phoenix and Roger Haskett will be joining us from Canada a uh, reminder also that each of these shows is recorded, so please be sure to subscribe to Project Management Office Hours podcast on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Spreaker, or whatever your favorite podcast platform. Also, uh, don't be bashful. Go out there and leave a review and let us know what you like about the show. And finally, thank you to our sponsors again, Scott Wood PM Master Prep. We really appreciate what they do to support the show and they're offering a 20% discount to all of the folks uh, who are listening. Use promo code PMO Joe. And of course, the PMO squad with the purpose driven PMO and all their project management services. So that's it for now. Office hours are closed. Until next time, I'm PMO Joe, and you've been listening to Project Management Office Hours. Mm-hmm.